Your story centers on a recent development in the efforts to overturn Florida's free kill law. Can you give me some insight into what this law entails? So this law was implemented in 1990 with the Wrongful Death Act, and it kind of centers over um, what legislators then called a medical malpractice lawsuit crisis. So in order to cap big cash payouts um, to surviving members of medical malpractice, they set kind of like a standard. So this law prevents anyone from 25 years or older from suing doctors for pain and suffering in medical malpractice lawsuits over the death of a parent. This is specifically if the parent was divorced or unmarried or had no minor children to survive them. The law prevents parents of children over the age of 25 who are childless or unmarried or who have no surviving minor children from suing for pain and suffering in medical malpractice deaths. So this law is um, dubbed the free kill law because essentially it allows no accountability for these people. Um, however, I think it's interesting to note that if the person who suffered from medical malpractice death had a surviving spouse or any minor children to survive, then they would have a good claim to a medical malpractice lawsuit. And to go into a little bit more, from your reporting, we learn that there were efforts by both Republicans and Democrats to overturn this law, but as of last week, they failed. Can you sort of run me through what happened here, who was trying to overturn it, and kind of why it didn't make it? The three main legislators that were a part of this, these efforts to repeal the law were Representative Hinson, Representative Roach, and Senator Anna Rodriguez. So it started out with um, Representative Roach, who last year filed a, the same exact bill, and last year it met the same fate that it did now where it just failed to be heard in the Senate. But this year, efforts were a little bit stronger because Representative Hinson filed HB 6039, which tackled the part of the law of children suing over the loss of a parent. And Senator Rodriguez, in an attempt to strengthen these repeal efforts in the Senate, filed two bills, one to go with Hinson's and one to go with Roach. However, uh, things were a little bit slow for Henson's HB 6039. On January 31st, the Senate bill that goes with Roach's bill was supposed to be heard in front of the Senate Judiciary, which would be the first time that this bill would, would have been heard. But right before the meeting started, they postponed it. We found out that the meeting on February 7th would be the last meeting uh, for the Senate Judiciary. So to consider any bills, um, effectively killing the bill and its efforts. And you kind of mentioned this before, but Representative Hinson, as you said, of Gainesville filed one of the bills, um, but it didn't make any progress from when she filed it back in October. In your reporting, you speak to a constituent of hers, Sabrina Davis, also from Gainesville. Can you tell me a little bit about their story in relation to the bills? Hinson had some pretty strong remarks during last year's um, hearing of Roach's bill in the House. And she had some pretty big remarks on holding doctors accountable. Uh, Sabrina Davis, having been reeling from the death of her father just after a few months, was really inspired by her words and reached out to Hinson, especially since she's from Gainesville and that is um, her representative. And Hinson was pretty moved by her story and decided to file the bill that would allow Davis a viable claim 
her father was a 62 year old Navy veteran who died at a hospital in Brandon in October of 2020. Her dad went in for knee pain and essentially Davis said that doctors were very negligent to his care, resulting in an undiagnosed blood clot that eventually led to his death. His knee was swollen, hot to the touch, bruised, and red, which were all symptoms of a blood clot. Her father had a history of deep vein thrombosis, which is a condition in which blood clots develop, and he had previously um, been on treatment of uh, blood thinners, which helped his condition. However, um, when he got to the hospital and he had told them about their medical history, they never administered those blood thinners and they just kind of gave him pain medication and anti-inflammatories. When I talked to Sabrina, she said that they ordered CT scans of his leg and x-rays, but she was pushing for an ultrasound and her remarks were kind of ignored. So her dad was in bed rest for, for six days and he was being uh, discharged to an inpatient physical therapy facility. But the moment he stood up, he became dizzy and fell into a sudden cardiac arrest. So he died just minutes after talking to Davis on the phone she, since she had been speaking to him all morning. So after this, she, she felt like her dad's death was due to medical malpractice, medical negligence. As we get well into the legislative session, there are hundreds of bills being considered by our Senate and House. How did you find this one in particular and the story? So I heard about Sabrina's story um, back in October when Hinson's bill was filed. I had gotten a tip from my professor and he was he had put it out in the in the thread where we pick up stories. And he found Sabrina Davis, who had been talking about her story through Facebook. I reached out to her and we began to talk and it became a four month reporting process. And we kind of just uncovered one thing after the other. We submitted public records requests and there's a lot of history to this repeal efforts. And to your knowledge, are there other states that have a law like this? When I was watching the Florida Channel and previous kind of discussions of this, these repeal efforts. Um, Representative Roach kind of drives the point that Florida is the only state to have such a law. And as of recent, even one of the lobbyists who were against the bill kind of agreed with this and that Florida is the only state that has this certain carve out for this group of people. Is there anything you're looking out for in the future in terms of this topic? Like any intentions to refile this for the next session? I think these efforts will come back up next um, session because, um, I mean, even Representative Roach has, this is his second year dealing with this. And every single time that he files a bill, it seems like it, it gets more support for it. They had bipartisan sponsors on this bill, which is something that um, kind of, didn't happen last year. There was a Senate bill attached to it, and there was a lot more uh, voices attached to it. So I think that definitely next year could be another year that we see this free kill law. During my reporting process, I kind of talked to some people for background, and they had told me that they think this year it was different because there was different leadership that previously kind of shut down these efforts. So I'm curious to see what next year's leadership will look like and whether they will hear it in the Senate. 